Welcome to Private Banking Strategies Podcast with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks, your secret weapon to protect your assets and never have to start over financially again. Vance and Seth help high net worth individuals, families, business owners, and investors structure an asset-protected, tax-free fortress for their families. Learn how to keep what you earn and use the velocity of money to create your own private banking system. Join us on this journey as we explore the secret strategies of the rich and political elite and help you take total control of your financial security. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Private Banking Strategies with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks. If you are just joining us, this has been a wild ride. Here's, here's the thing. We are in part three of a, just a three-part story that started off so simple, <laughs> elegant but simple, talking about a, a young man who learned about private banking strategies and how it could help him finance the vehicles and equipment that he needed for his business. And from there, it has exploded. It's, it's, it's amazing to me to see this transition. There are Loom videos. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But there are Loom videos that are, are available to you for free so that you can get those and take a look because you'll be able to see the numbers on the screen that they're talking about. But the first two podcasts, go back and listen to those. It sets the foundation for everything that's happening right now. But we are so far beyond financing equipment. It's, it's crazy. And today we're starting with Seth. Seth, you're going to pick up the story where we kind of left off on the last podcast. This has exploded into something that I'd, I'd never imagined. So where do we start today? Well, thank you, Eric, for having us again. This story about Paul Bunyan and equipment financing is one that really blows people's mind. He started off with making a $40,000 uh, capitalization of his bank for four years. And where he ends up by the time this is over is taking uh, half a million dollars in tax-free retirement money year wow. after year without end and having $5 million in cash value and over $5 million in death benefit to his beneficiaries from that simple investment. People scratch their head or skeptically say that's impossible. But it's not impossible with when you get multiple touches on the same dollar. And we alluded to this in, in part one of Paul Bunyan Equipment Financing Podcast. And, and that's the way that you create the lift and you're able to accomplish this type of astounding growth and return. So he used the $40,000 capitalization to fund his bank. Then he took proceeds out of his bank, financed his equipment through his own private bank, and paid himself interest on those loans. Then he began to add to the equipment purchases until he solely financed all of his own business needs. And he was getting one touch with the premium dollar paid, another touch with the loan to his business, another touch with the actual acquisition of the equipment, and then another touch with the repayment back to his loan. So we described a gentleman who did a raw land deal and had a, a multiple X factor in a, in a sell within a year. That's called a windfall. And when someone has a windfall, they're going to be able to fill up the, their bank capitalization up to the MEC line rather quickly. And then they're going to have a cash lump sitting there going, how do I get the rest of this into my banking system? Well, you do it through multiple policies. You add another policy and you predictably forecast what you're going to be able to capitalize your bank with. Now, let's take this uh, home a little bit further for those out there who own 
uh, an investment property, for example. Let's say that you can purchase an investment property for uh, $100,000, and you've got $100,000 in, in your bank. So you finance that through your private family bank, and you begin to collect rents. And $1,000 in rent comes in, and you, just for simplicity purposes, you take that $1,000. That's not taking into account other factors that come into the equation, but then you pay that $1,000 back to your bank. So you've got $12,000 in return cash flow going back into your bank. Next year comes around, and you've got that capitalization there and those rents that have been there and you continue to put that money to work you can go and buy a second property if there's enough mm -hmm. in your bank and at some point there will be there'll be enough to lever into another property and, and do that that's more of a longer term sustainable growth as opposed to the windfall type of investment now we talked about crypto as well eric and there's been a long bear market from 2017 until just recently. Now crypto investors are beating down the door to fund policies. They've, they're having a windfall event because all of their assets are going parabolic and they're taking profits. So they're funding these their, their private banks up to the MEC line and need more. And, and they're funding those. So you've got different types of strategies, whether it's an investment property that's spitting off a monthly rental income to you, or whether it's a crypto investment with a, a windfall, you've got different strategies that really need to be tailored to each person's individual circumstances or each family's circumstances. But the principle of getting multiple touches on the same dollar is the same with each of those scenarios I'm describing. Hmm. Seth, let me jump in here. You said something that is absolutely astounding, but I don't know if our listening audience is going to pick it up. So I want to go back to this $12,000 coming in off of the rental property, okay? What we're doing here, folks, what, what the realization is we've never actually realized is that I have $100,000 invested in the property. It's at work for me, and it is producing $12,000 a year. And at the end of the first year, I have $12,000 in hand now, but I still have my 100000 out there and it's going to produce another twelve, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. Hey, Eric, you're with me so far? Yeah, absolutely. What do yeah. I do? What do I do with the 12000 in hand? Do I go spend it and waste it? Or do I put that to work at the same you know level? It won't take very long, folks, for that original $100,000 to produce $100,000 a year. If we put it back to work, we re-employ each of those dollars. Now we're doubling our $100,000 every year, you know, depending on the ramp up. So he's talking, Seth is, is, is reiterating multiple touches, but sometimes the understanding, we, we think we know <laughs> what, what he means, Mm -hmm. But what he's really meaning, that's money back. If I reinvest it, that's another touch. If I get money from that, that's on and on and on. And we get so many touches. Again, it's it's the banking world. It's all about who ends up with the money. Now, sorry for my two cents worth that. Seth, keep going because I like, I like the train of thought here. 
Sure. And, you know, a lot of scenarios, people will have traditional financing and they'll use their private bank until they have enough capital in their own bank to acquire an asset. So that $12,000 in hand usually is utilized to go and attack third-party debt, which then they their bank owns, and they mm-hmm. begin to capture that rental cash flow into their own banking system, paying their own bank interest, and so on. And then the next year, they've got another 12000 and they go attack that, that other financing that they've used to lever into the property. And if you start to work out these mechanics, as we do with real estate investors all the time, th- th- they'll get creative when how they can use both bank financing and their own private bank to lever in to multiple properties and then attack those third-party financing arrangements until they're not there anymore. And here's just a teaser for another series when we're going to talk about recasting a loan and being able to skip paying all the interest in an interest and and a principal curve that traditionally goes with real estate financing. Uh, a spoiler alert, if you go and look at your, uh, your financing disclosures on your home or an investment property, you're going to see you're paying three, four, five times the value of the property, and most of that is an in interest. Well, when you recast a loan rather than refinance a loan, they're very, very different you get to skip paying all that interest and you're actually going to be mm. capturing that interest in your own bank. Wow. But that's a, that's a side journey. Yeah, my goodness. Let, let's paint a little picture here. The average American we know today, oh, when they're making payments out, money flowing away from us, 34 and a half cents or more now on the dollar is going for interest. We call that headwind. Let's say we've got an airplane. And we're so excited, you know, we've just learned how to fly. You know, we take the airplane up for our our first solo flight, but we forget to check the weather. And Mm. we run headlong into a 340-mile-an-hour headwind. Now, our plane only goes 100 miles an hour. (laughs) That's trouble. What's going to happen to the plane? If we don't get it back on the ground, we're going backwards 200 miles an hour, right? Mm. Well, the 3,400 or 340 miles, that's our, our interest with the decimal removed. And we call that headwind, all right? Mm. What would it be like if we bought that debt and that payment came into us? What happens, folks, is that no longer becomes a headwind. It's a 180-degree tailwind. Now, picture that airplane up in the air flying at 100 miles an hour with a 340 mile an hour tailwind. Now, how fast is that plane going? 400, yeah. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> plus. But that's that's not the scope. The scope is double that. What's minus, the, you know, add the headwind and the tailwind, you know, you're over 800 miles an hour. You've made an 800% change in your life. Not a little bit. A huge amount that people don't understand. Yeah. And and again, I, I mentioned the Loom video earlier that, that goes along with a lot of what these gentlemen are talking about. You've got to see it. So we're going to take a quick break. It's going to give you some contact information of how you can get that Loom video and follow along with the numbers in front of you so you can kind of see what these guys are talking about. It's, it's, it's amazing. Do you see yourself in that story? 
Do you feel like you are generating a lot of revenue but are not moving forward as fast as you would like? Are you ready for help? Please call Private Banking Strategies at 817-200-4777 or visit us at www.privatebankingstrategies.com. All right, guys, I know that this is the third podcast of, of this story. And as we're wrapping this story up, the the inevitable end is coming, which is which is a good thing. Retirement, right? So you guys are going to touch on what retirement looks like for this, this young man who started years ago financing equipment. But I know that it's not just his story. There's a lot of people listening to this that are approaching retirement very quickly. And this can be part of their story too. So I, I'm really excited to hear kind of how this all works. You touched on the, the 401k issue on the last one, just barely. And Seth, I know that you're going to kind of dive into that a little bit more and, and what this looks like compared to the markets, compared to 401ks and all, all those other things. So let, let's hear it. I, I, need to, I need to understand what this guy had at that retirement. Well, that's what blows your mind with this is that that compounding growth and tax-free growth creates such such a tailwind that he's able to effectively pull out $500,000 a year. And this is a 35-year-old illustration. So in mm -hmm. today's numbers, we're talking you have to adjust that for inflation. And he's got a, a massive corpus for his beneficiaries. What the number one fear of retirement age folks out there, according to statistical analysis, that they're not going to have enough money yeah. to, to make it through the rest of their life and that they're going to run out of money when they need it most or they're going to have these unexpected medical care issues and, and not have that uh, nest egg preserved and protected from risk. And what this strategy, private banking strategies does is it allows you to be able to access that liquidity at any time without penalty and without uh, any taxation. So that's very, very different than your 401ks, your, your 403bs and other general retirement programs, which have hefty taxes. And in fact, you and I, Eric or Vance or any of our listeners out there cannot tell what that tax rate will be when they're yeah. going to be pulling that money out. And they don't, and if there's tied to the markets, they don't even know what's going to be there. So to me, that is not, you know, a predictable strategy that someone can bank on. That's just hope for the best and, you know, hope it all works out. And when you're 65 or 70 years old from, from the friends and the family and the clients that, that I have, they don't want to hope for the best strategy. They want a rock solid, secured, predictable plan that they know, you know, where they're going to be, where they're going to be sleeping, where, how much money they're going to have and, and how, how they're going to provide for themselves in that that critical time. Yeah, I, I, I want to make a comment on that. I, I agree with that 100%. Security is number one. We've lived a lifetime. The baby boomers have lived a lifetime with a, well, what I call exotic investments. It's okay to take risk here. And we got away from the safety factor. Now that we're getting close to retirement, what nest egg we have we want it lock solid. There is no risk in these contracts. The life insurance industry, you know, are the industry which is the safest industry on the planet. 
in our lifetime, we haven't had any cash values lost from failure of a life insurance company. They have to maintain what's known as a 100% cash reserve on all of their cash value. So if the company gets crosswise, other companies are there to, to scarf it up. They're, mm-hmm. they're gone in a day. So the, what he's talking about here is just really ironclad. And that reminds me of, in Nelson Nash's book, yeah, there's five principles that uh, you live by. <laughs> and this is a funny one. It's called the Willie Sutton Law. If you look back in history, Willie Sutton was a famous bank robber. And he got caught and, you know, he got interviewed and he was asked, well, Willie, why do you rob banks? And he hit his head and he said, duh, that's where the money is. Hmm. <laughs> so when we're talking about 401ks and we're talking about investments that have risk, Willie Sutton's out there. And if he can steal our money, if he can take our money, if government and the IRS can take our money, they will. And that's yeah. the fear that Seth here is talking about. I'm going to run out of money or somebody's going to take it from me or I'm going to outlive it. So I thought I'd just add that uh, comment in, but I love where we're going. Yeah. And, and I know that this isn't something, Vance, you're not saying these things, you know, to be a fear monger or, or try to implant fear into people. Let's just look at the reality of what's happened in this last year. The pandemic hit, the markets you know, took a, a serious dip, 30 some odd percent in just a couple months. Yes, they have come back. But what happened to those people that retired right before that? It, it's not that it came back fully to their accounts. I mean, they, they took a, a large hit. Uh, plus, you know, look at all the money that the government has poured into the country through stimulus. Okay. It, yes, it has been extremely helpful, but Uncle Sam is not benevolent. He, he's going to want that back. And the bottom line is that we don't know what taxes are going to be like in the future. But I think everybody listening to this, if you ask yourself the question, are taxes going to go up or taxes going to go down in the future? They have to go up, right? I mean, they, they just have to go up because that's what Uncle Sam wants. He, he needs that money back, or he wants that money back at least. So I, I, I love the fact that you bring those things up. So why on earth, you know, when it comes to, I call it herd mentality, why on earth would we want to postpone paying taxes on a lower percentage today and pay mm-hmm. a much higher tax in the future? That boggles my mind. And that's what I was talking about before is you're, you're going to pay taxes now or later or both. And mm-hmm. he, here's the, the, the sad reality is that our current administration have already promised that there's going to be increased taxation of Americans. And they try to sugarcoat it saying it's going to be, you know, large corporations and the ultra wealthy. But we both all of us know that's not not the case. This is going to be the most expansive expansion of government since Roosevelt's New Deal campaign in the 1930s. And you mentioned the COVID omnibus bill and stimulus going out. Consider these particular st- statistics right now. There were millions given out in this last stimulus bill that were uh, pork belly, there were 86 million given to Cambodia, 130 million to Nepal, 135 million to Burma, 453 million to the Ukraine, 700 million to the Sudan, 25 million to Pakistan, and and the list goes on and on and on. The Kennedy Senator, Eric, was given $40 million for, quote, the necessary expenses 
for the operation, maintenance, and security of the Kennedy Center, Center, and it already had received another 25 million bucks in a prior COVID-19 relief bill. And here's the kicker. The Kennedy Center, it's been closed the entire time. <laughs> wow. $65 million in handouts. So what, what am I talking about? Why am I, why am I saying that? Um, we're talking about extravagant waste extravagant waste by our current government that is going to be paid for by someone. Who, who is that someone going to be? They're going to get it out of American taxpayer pockets. But here's the silver lining. You don't have to play in that sandbox. You don't have to play by those rules. Well, you go, well, how can I not play by those rules? You implement private banking strategies. You fund yeah. your private banks. It's tax-free grows and compounds annually year after year there's no reason to wait the longer you wait the more tax you're going to pay so that's why we're giving these examples to to drive this home and you know go out there and do some inter internet research on extravagant wasteful spending by congress and these they're evil handouts they're to special interest and political groups that have no benefit for the american people whereas what vance and i are trying to bring to the people is a rock solid foundation to help the american people so yeah. so eric picture this you can retire with a, a life of worry you know developing ulcers and everything wondering what's going on or you take the situation in your own hands and picture a life where you don't have to worry. You've got what you've got. It's going to multiply. The money's going to come back. And you don't have to worry about the income that's coming in anymore. It's done. It's just not going to be controlled by government or anyone else. You control your own destiny. Yeah, that's a beautiful picture. I like that a lot. All right, guys. So, I mean, we've talked about his retirement. It sounds absolutely amazing and beautiful, and I'm sure it, it was with his situation. But let me ask you this. I, I think every parent out there and grandparent out there also wants to, you know, make sure that the legacy lives on, right? So his retirement was great. What, what happened when he died? Because I know there's some death benefit possibilities too, correct? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, great question. Remember that this young man had a great mentor in Nelson Nash, and Nelson Nash taught him. And as soon as the young man realized that he didn't know as much as he thought he did about money, he was very teachable. Mm -hmm. And so a system was set up so that this could be a perpetual bank for this young man's pos you know, posterity, his, his, his kids, his grandkids, and whatever else, just like Nelson Nash himself, just like I'm trying to do you know, with my kids. We're setting up multiple policies, again, on the younger generation. Mm. So when this okay. individual dies, there's three or excuse me, five to eight million dollars that's going to come in to the family bank income tax free. That's going to fund a whole bunch more policies. Oh, good that's going to pay off Jeez. a lot of debt. Wow. That's... Uh... That just blows me away. I just, uh, I forgot. <laughs> I was just with you guys, but I forgot that there was policies on, on much of the other family members and things that, I mean, that's how you can set these things up to create the overall bank. But then yeah. the, the, the money coming from his own death benefit on however many policies, 
let's say he just had the one on himself. I mean, that that that's amazing to be able to then continue to fund the bank multi-generational. That 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 makes me happy. I'm a grandfather, guys, you know, so I love that. And you get you just get in, you get through the first you get through the first generation. Wow. With what we're explaining here is the Rockefeller strategy, guys. This is exactly what they lived. You wow. know, they they formed a committee. He never gave them, you know, any inheritance. He gave access to money. Yeah. And so in this case, you know, the older generation is going to live off of the interest and income tax-free, but everything is set up through trusts and multiple policies so that everything passes on and refunds. One of these days, I'll tell, you know, we, if we've got time on the podcast, I'll tell you Nelson Nash's story, you know, after he died. He just died uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, mm. and uh, we got to hear his his story and set up, and it, it falls along this very long line, but it goes into great detail. But that's the results. He has assured that this legacy is going to go on because he's not going to pass the money out. He's going to give them access. Now I want to I want to contrast that real quick, Eric. Yeah. Now think about this, okay? There's so-called financial gurus out there, and I'm going to just go ahead and pick a fight. One is Susie Orman. She's mm -hmm. a supposed American financial ad advisor, and she's worth probably fifty, sixty million dollars, according to her own representation. In a New York Times interview, she was being interviewed by this writer and she was extremely concerned that half of her wealth, half of that 60 million or perhaps anticipated, I think at a hundred million by the time she died, would be cut in half and taken from her beneficiaries. And I, I just scratch my head and I, I, I shake my head and go, it, it's unbelievable that supposed financial gurus can't figure out a way to keep $50 million. We just told you how. You yeah. cycle it through your own private bank. And there's a legacy value that has tax-free transfer to your heirs. And by the way, it's asset protected. So your mm -hmm. creditors, if you happen to incur any, can't touch it and in, in the right states or if properly structured. And likewise, with your beneficiaries, if they happen to create some type of liability in the right states or if it's structured properly with the right legal structure, their creditors can't touch it. So not only Susie Orman had this problem, but Prince, he had a $200 million estate yeah. or the, yeah. the, the, you know, the artist formerly known as Prince, $200 million estate was a Minnesota resident. Between Minnesota and the federal government, they took almost 60% of that $200 yeah. million. And if he would have been properly structured in a private banking strategy, they'd have kept that, all of that in, in, in the house, yeah. in the family. Yeah. And I just, I know we're wrapping up today's podcast, guys. I, I Again, I thank you so much for your time and, and all the information. Vance, you said a word in, in the last part of what you were saying that we haven't even, it just makes me understand more that we haven't even scratched the surface of what you guys have to offer. You said you were talking about a trust. We haven't even talked about trusts yet. So I'm really looking forward to hearing more about that and how those are incorporated into this overall strategy. But that's for another day. Guys, again, thank you so much for your time. It was fantastic. Do either one of you have any closing thoughts for today's podcast? I just want to have everybody keep in mind as you're going through the podcast is we've introduced this elephant on the table. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, pretend you're a blind man and you're trying to describe what an elephant looks like. You're going to have to feel it, you know, and you feel a tail and you feel an ear, you feel a leg or whatever else. Uh, you have to come to know this animal. You have to come to know all of its parts and everything else. And so that's what yeah. we're, that's the road we're going down. This is an education that was denied us. Yeah. So yeah. this is what we're trying Not to anymore. bring to the table. That's right. Yep. Not anymore. This is what you guys are doing. This is your mission. And I appreciate it so much. So again, thank you guys uh, for your time. And of course, our last thank you always goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Private Banking Strategies Podcast with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Vance and Seth come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And again, here's the thing. Share this with them. If, if you're trying to, you know, feel out this elephant, trying to, to figure this thing out, share the podcast with somebody else that you would love to strike a conversation with. Because when you two get talking, you're going to come up with more questions between the two of you and you're going to listen to the podcast more. You're going to reach out for those resources like the Loom videos. You're going to want to come in contact with Seth and Vance and say, hey, look, let's talk about this because I want to understand more. So it's a great thing to share. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Private Banking Strategies, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Did that story feel like it was about you? Do you feel you should be making more progress toward your financial goals? Do you feel stuck? Let us help you get unstuck. Are you ready to take action and get your own private bank? Please call Private Banking Strategies at 817-200-4777 or visit us at www.privatebankingstrategies.com. Thank you for listening to the Private Banking Strategies Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of private banking strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.